Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Uh, on the Rockerby Ranch one time, we were it was shipping season, so... You know, it was it, we were got, going through all the pastures and gathering up all the calves and sorting the calves off. You know, and five and six trucks had come up, and uh, that ranch was laid out really nice, where uh, all of the pastures would empty into a, to a one to three section trap, and in the middle of the trap was a set of working pens. Really good way to work a big old ranch like that. And we had gathered, and there was a bull that was not where he was supposed to be. Okay, he had gone over a fence, and so one of the, after we're done, you know, we've been horseback all day long on that outfit, man, you were waiting in your assigned spot to start the gathering before you could see your horse's ears. And so we'd been out there all day, and the cattle foreman told us, he said, we got to go get that bull. So here we all go, we go out there to get the bull, and I wasn't really experienced enough at the time to, or, or let me rephrase that, there was a lot better hands than me out there, so I just kind of watched what was going on. But anyway, so we, we found this bull, and luckily for us, it wasn't in too brushy of a spot, and they got him roped, they got two head ropes on him, they got a heel rope on him, and he didn't take kindly to that. Well, here comes the, the ranch uh, foreman, with a truck and trailer to load him into this, you know, 20-foot gooseneck. And he kind of backs up there, and then the cattle foreman pulls up with his three-quarter ton pickup, four-wheel drive pickup. And so we got that bull right up to the edge of that trailer, and then we took the two neck ropes, and he was a pulled bull, which means he didn't have no horns. He had two ropes around his neck, and we tied them off, kind of run them up through, the, through this trailer and tied them off to the bumper of that three-quarter ton four-wheel drive pickup and put it in four-wheel drive. Now, if you've never seen that, and this was a big Charlet bull, okay? He's standing at the end, and he's already kind of out of breath, right? But he's not really fighting us. We were able to get both ropes tied off, and Jim Ed puts it in low, takes the rope out, and you just see these muscles in this bull's forearms. He goes, and just locks his front legs right below that trailer, the edge of that trailer, kind of as a brace. And he just kind of hunkers down and just turns his head to the side a little bit and just holds. And you can hear that truck. Suddenly the, the tires, and I don't think he put it in four-wheel drive yet, the tires start to spin. And this bull is just, and he's bellering. And he's sitting there holding that truck. And I'm sitting there going, I'm going to get out of the way. Because either his front legs are going to snap, or that rope's going to snap. <laughs> and when something snaps, it ain't going to be pretty. So I'm standing out. And I vividly remember this from 25 years ago. Uh, I, mean, I mean, 10 years ago. Uh, you shouldn't be able to say 25 years ago. I, was, I vividly remember this thinking, just get in the trailer. Just get in the trailer. We're just going to take you back to where you belong. Just, just get in the trailer. And, you know, whenever Jim Ed puts the clutch in, that old truck kind of rolls backwards in that bull. Now it goes into four. And I was like, and you can see those, re- you, you can hear the ropes stretching. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be ugly. And finally, 
the truck won out. And if you've never been able to see a Charlet bull put into a slingshot and going, <laughs> when he bent his legs and decided that it was easier to go in that trailer, those ropes pulled that bull into that trailer and he didn't hit for about the first 10 feet and then he just slid. <laughs> Shut the gate! <laughs> Shut the gate. I had never really witnessed just how powerful an animal can be. It reminded me of the time when, not too long ago, I was trying to shut a wire gate. If you've never, and people call them different things, if you've never, you don't know what a wire gate is, instead of being, you know, it's just, it's a gate made out of wire. And there's two types of gates out there. Those that don't even do anything, and those that you have to get a forklift or something to open. And this is one of these. And, and when I say it reminded me of it, it just reminds me how weak I actually am because I got off my horse to shut this gate. And there, there's two types of, well, there's two types of wire closures on these gates. There's the kind that is on the gate itself and you loop it over the post. And then there's the kind that's on the post and you loop it over the gate. Well, this was one of those kind, and I remember I got off my horse, and, and everybody's sitting there waiting, and what you do is you, you, you go up there like you're cool the first time, and you just try to do like that, and then you, you go to do like this, and there's this much space, and you go, uh-oh. So the first thing you do is you, you mess with the bottom little deal, because you get it up as high as you can, and, and that helps out a little. So I got it as high as I can, and I went like this, and it was still about this far. So I was like, I'm going to break out the guns, right? So you put this brace on there like this, and you grab this, and you use your shoulder, and then you loop it like that. Well, I did that and went, and it was still about this far. Well, everybody's watching, right? So you have, there's an imaginary time frame that you are allowed, as a man, to shut a gate. My sand in my manly hourglass was disappearing rather quickly. So I'm starting to sweat a little bit. And so I get the gate like this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I got this. And so you start praying, dear Heavenly Father, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm like, and then the first cowboy says, you need some help? No, I don't need no help. What do I look like? So then you go to messing with the, with, you know, like make, thinking maybe something's turned or something, but everything's right. And I'm like, I don't care if I break an arm. I'm going to do this. And so I was like, and I got it over. But the problem was is that whenever I got it over, I pinned my jacket to it. <laughs> you need some help? No, I'm fine. I just read checking out this post to make sure it's, it's stout. It's a picture of my life right there. That is a picture of my life. Power. Does your spiritual life resemble more along the lines of a bull that can hold back a truck in four-wheel drive? Or do you feel like you're struggling against the wire gates of life? Just while everybody's watching and you're wondering, oh my gosh, is this, is this really happening? Which one best describes your life? Or better yet, let's ask another question. Which one do you want to describe your life? Do you want people to look at you and go, they are a powerhouse of faith and trust in God? Or 
man, you know, don't. The littlest problem that comes along just blows them over and blows them around like a, like a leaf in the wind. Today we are starting a series called True Power. How to get it and how to use it. True Power. We are going to talk about five or six things depending on how God leads us. We're going to talk about trust. We're going to talk about understanding. We're going to talk about experiencing. We're going to talk about how to be made complete, not lacking anything. We are going to talk about how to accomplish more in life. And we're going to talk about how to give all of the glory to God. If you have been thinking, you know, I, I just, I need to get more involved, you know, I, I, want, I want to grow spiritually, you know, there's a three-legged stool growth to, uh, to spiritual growth, okay? Three-legged stool, prayer, reading your Bible, and attending church with like-minded believers that all feel the same way, okay? Make a commitment right now to say, you know what? I'm going to be here over the next five or six weeks, and I'm going to take some notes, and I'm going to study. I'm going to go back on SaveTheCowboy.com, and I'm going to watch it later because I know that I'm here today. I know that I'm watching today. I know that I'm hearing today for a reason. So let's dive into it. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 16. Ephesians 3.16. Sounds kind of like John 3.16, right? Ephesians 3.16. Paul says this, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, he, talking about God, will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now, the first part of that, the unlimited resources, you know, God's resources do not follow the law of diminishing returns. Now, what does that mean? It means that if God grants me some of his power, he's not, I'm not taking anything away from Ty. And if God gives me power and joy and glory and favor, I'm not taking it away from you. God doesn't, like, his his ability to give, it's not like it in my bank account, you know, where if I gave a dollar to my kids every day, one day I'm going to run out. About two and a half days from now, it's going to be gone, right? Like most of you, because it's the end of the month, right? And so it, God doesn't work like that. He can give you everything, and what does he have left? He still has everything. There is no diminishing returns. So when God answers our prayers, when he, when he does things for us out of his love, when he wants to take care of us, we are not diminishing anything or taking anything away from anybody else. That is hard for us to fathom because only from God can that happen. Only from God can that happen. I mean, if, if we could take it, you know, if you owned all the sand on a beach and, and you were to give everybody a grain of sand, it would look like it was limitless, but, but it is. Because every grain of sand you take away from the beach takes something away from the beach. Not with God. He can give you everything and he still has everything to give Anthony, to give Mike, to give Jace. We have an unlimited resource available. Not a finite resource. Paul says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. 
This inner strength isn't willpower, okay? And, and I think that that's one of the things that, that a lot of us, you know, we think that Christianity is all about willpower. It's not. It's about power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Willpower only comes from us. My willpower stinks. I mean, it, it, it does, you know? You know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit drinking Cokes right after this one, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the way we do things. But we don't draw strength from ourselves. And the strength that Paul is talking about is not willpower. It is power to stand up against the world. When he says that he will, uh, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength uh, through his spirit. This is power to love those that maybe don't love you back. It is, a, it is the power to go against the grain. Because if you are an authentic Christian following God, you are going to go against the grain of this world. See, in this world, people say, oh, you want me to treat you good? Treat me good. This world is a mirror. I'm only going to do to you what you do to me. You nice to me, I'm going to be nice to you. If you're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. Jesus says, man, forget that. Man, be somebody more powerful than that. Love them anyway. That's where the inner strength comes from, is for us to love others, maybe those we don't like. Jesus himself, I mean, came right out. I love whenever he's just, he like a cowboy, just tells you exactly like it is. He said, oh, so you only like those that like you? Shoot, even sinners act like that. What makes you any different? How about love those that you don't like, that you don't necessarily care for? In other words, can you give somebody the benefit of the doubt? Let me tell you what, if, you, if somebody cannot take advantage of the love that you are giving, you are not loving somebody. Love can always be taken advantage of. Love can always be taken advantage of, and it's only that type of loving that will change your life. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to help them, or I don't really want to do this, because I know that they're going to take advantage of me. Of course they're going to take advantage of you. They took advantage of Jesus. What makes you think you're better than him, Right? The inner strength isn't willpower, it's the power to stand against the world, to love those that you don't like, to forgive those that have harmed you. Maybe they're talking bad about you, forgive them. Forgiveness is more about setting you free than making what they did okay anyway. That inner strength that he's talking about is being able to find joy in the midst of conflict. To find peace in the storm. Isn't that what we all wish we had? Is it really like we are? Are we... Or are we only at peace when things are good and when things aren't good, we're not good? Jesus says, be different from the world. And I'm going to give you my spirit's strength to make you different. To be able to love those who don't love you back. To be able to forgive those who mean you harm. And to find joy in the midst of the storm. Then Paul says in verse 17, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Wow, we're kind of getting somewhere, aren't we? Let's put those two verses together. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you. He will make you powerful with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. You know, home is where a person lives, not just comes to visit every once in a while. I think that that's kind of how we treat God. You know, we don't really invite him into, into our homes. We want to come see him in his home, like, like, like this here today. Oh, we're going to go see God today. I don't want to go see God on Sunday. I want him to live with me every single day. I want him to make his home with me, and me make my home with him. See, when you make your, when Christ will make his home with you, in your bedroom, you will have peace when you lay down your head at night. 
And in the kitchen, you won't have to worry about what you're going to eat or drink. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given unto you. Why do you worry about what you eat or what you will wear? Doesn't God feed the birds of the air and clothe the flowers in the field? How much more does he love you? We don't have to worry anymore because Christ has made his home with us. He has gone into our bedrooms to give us peace where we can lay down at night instead of our thoughts just, you know, we, we go to bed and we close our eyes and then ding! And then our mind reminds us of something that happened 14 years ago that nobody else knows about and we sit there and think about it till 3 o'clock in the morning. No, let's change that. Let's lay our head down at night in peace through forgiveness in Christ. In our living room, will become a place of a family gathering instead of a place where we force feed ourselves filth through our eyeballs staring at a TV. That's what happens when Christ makes his home with you. He comes into our bedrooms to give us peace at night. He comes into our kitchens to nourish us. He comes into our, our living areas to draw us closer as a family. He comes into our studies to live within us and help us grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ where we focus on him instead of what the world has to offer. We set our sights on eternal things, set our, set our sights on things of value, like love and grace and mercy, of being Christ-like every single day, not just on Sunday morning during a church service. Even in our bathrooms, he will wash us clean every day so that fear, doubt, sadness, and worry will no longer cling to us like bad B.O. And a lot of us are walking around with some bad spiritual B.O., we carrying around a bunch of worry, doubt, fear, complaining, and nobody knows that we stink. I mean, we're the only ones that don't know that we stink. We can see it's easy to spot in somebody else. It's easy to smell that in everybody else. It's easy to say, oh, don't worry about that. God's got this in your... Are you, do you spiritually stink? But see, when Christ makes his home with us, in the bedroom, in the kitchen, in the living room, in the study... Even in the bathroom, he washes us clean. How about that junk closet? All the skeletons that we've got living in the past. He will help us get rid of our past that keeps us from living right now. How much stuff you got piled away in there that you think about? And you know you need to clean it out, but you're just like, I don't want to open that door because it'll all come crashing down on me. And as long as nobody sees it, it's not there. Jesus says, I want to make my home in here and I want to clean all of this out and replace it with my love for you. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. You can have everything that I've already said. You can have all of this and more from his glorious unlimited resources, as Paul so eloquently put it, by trusting in him. The answer's easy. I said that, I said that the answer, well, well, let me say this, the answer's simple. I didn't say it'd be easy. The answer is simple, trust in God. That's what Paul says right here, that he will give you true power from his spirit and Christ will come in and make his home with you as you learn to trust in him. Trust, that's a big word, isn't it? I bet that if we were to actually be truthful with ourselves, how many people can you actually trust in this world? You can probably count them on one hand if that. Some of you might not even need a hand because you don't trust anybody. Because people have let us down. But you know who's not going to let us down? God is never, ever, ever going to let you down. Things may not go the way you want it, but that does not mean that he has let you down. And the unfortunate, fortunate part is that when he gives us power to withstand the storm, that when he starts to give us power and make his home with us, then we start trusting in him. And trust is not gained through unicorn frappuccinos at Starbucks. Okay? 
everybody skipping along and drinking blue pink things and no man it's it trust is gained we learn to trust god when we know we can't do it when we know that that it's 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 easy to say oh i love those that hurt me till some son of a gun hurts you right you know I, you we can talk about how tough we are but i want to be there whenever you hit your thumb with a hammer talk is cheap Trust is gained in the crucible of the fire. And some of you have been wondering why you keep going through this crucible. It's because you still have not trusted in God that He is the one powering you. Impact, whatever. Giving you power. I'm like Elmer Fudd from Texas. (laughs) Trust is learned in the hard times, not the good times. Trust is learned in the hard times, not the good times. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. True power doesn't come from the flowers, fruit, and branches, but from the roots. You know, y'all don't, y'all don't have any mesquite up here, or, or very little, not, not around here. But you know, in, at our ranch in Texas... Man, there, there can be just a, a little mesquite bush that you can put your hand around that you can't pull up with a tractor because that mesquite bush has a taproot that is bigger than it, and it goes down, but there's not just a taproot. There's all these other feeder roots that go out, and, and they're everywhere. And I have literally broken chains on a tractor trying to pull up a mesquite that's just this big around. Or you don't get them pulled up at all. You sit there and bounce on the tractor. Dun, 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 dun. That's what kind of strength God is offering you right here. He says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. See, a lot of us are only worried about what people see. The dieting industry is billions of dollars. The cosmetic industry is billions of dollars. The looking good clothing is billions of dollars. And they're self-help to help you where people will like you and everything. We worry about what people see so much, but our roots are so shallow that every time a a wind comes by, it just knocks us over. And then we whine and cry why God did this to us. It's time we start working on what people don't see. Get that power and strength that comes from our roots that are rooted into God's love, where our trust is in Him. That no matter what happens, He has us in His hands. And not even death can come between us and God's love. They may be even able to take our lives, but they can never take our souls because that is securing God through Christ Jesus. So what's the point? Where does true power come from? Where does true power come from? It comes from God's love. Of us being able to comprehend, understand, and trust just how much God loves us. There are times that my sons and even my daughter, that I allow them, that I don't come in and rescue them every time because they need to learn, they need to grow, but I'm always there. My son knows that if he comes in and he says, Dad, I can't do it, I always say, what have you tried? Uh, nothing. Well, go try something, then come back. The point is that God's love for us is always there. It is the source of all the power that you need. It is unlimited. You can start drawing on that right now just by trusting in his love, which will allow Jesus to come in and make a home for us where our roots will go down deep so that we can When our roots are healthy, then what people see start to be truly healthy and not just 
made up and decorated like Christmas trees. Never forget, man, a Christmas tree might look beautiful, but it's dead. It's been cut off, right? It's been chopped off. Don't be like a Christmas tree. Be like that majestic oak. Shoot, be like a mesquite, I guess. God wants to give you the inner strength to become who, you, who He wants you to be. You cannot become who He wants you to be on your own. It's going to come from the power that comes from His Spirit. It's going to come from Christ infiltrating every single part of your life, making a home with you, not where you come visit. You know, sometimes like God's in a nursing home, right? We come Sunday to visit Him. It's not the way it is. He wants to live with you. This is when we come to hang out with others that believe the same way. These are our brothers and our sisters. These are our pards. These are our amigos. These are the people that we'll spend eternity with. And thank God there won't be any drama there, right? (laughs) He wants to make a home with you through your trust in Him. And He wants to make you strong and powerful. He wants you to be like that bull. No matter how hard the world pulls on it, the only way you'll ever get loaded into its trailer is when you give up. Stand firm. Stand strong. The power is not yours, but you can use it. Don't be struggling trying to close the gates. And then once you get it closed, you're pinned there looking like an idiot. Don't do that. Be powerful. Be strong. And know that it all comes from only one place. And that is how much God loves you. Work this week on only one thing is Truly reminding yourself and believing with all of your heart and soul, even if it's hard, that you tell yourself every single minute of the day, God loves me and my circumstances do not dictate that. My situation does not dictate that. My job does not dictate that. My sin does not dictate that. God loves me and I love Him and I am powerful through that connection. Work on that this week, and you can start to go from a weak, ineffective life to one of power, true power.